I love this room. I love that we're in close proximity, worshiping God together. What a gift. What a good thing it is. So, so good to have you out this morning. And um, if this is your first time meeting me, um, my name is Hannah. Obviously, Pastor Sheridan has just um, said that. And I'm married to Byron. He's out in your um, North Campus this morning, preaching out there. And um, so it's so cool to be here in um, Hamilton. And in your region, it's actually a first for me being here on a Sunday um, with Activate. So I feel very, very blessed. But um, I have known your pastors for a long time. Um, I'm a pastor's kid and a church kid through and through. And my parents pastored for about 30 years in the Acts Churches movement and um, various places. So we moved around a little bit. Um, and so I thank God for the movement that we're a part of. Um, so obviously with your pastors, Pastor Sheridan and Jan, um, we've done life together, um, journey together through the years and always looked on and been really inspired by, by what God is doing here in Activate and just the reach that you have into this place but also into surrounding communities and wider. And so I just want to um, honour your pastors this morning. I just, as I was thinking about them leading into today, I really did think about their faithfulness, that they have um, been faithful. You know, there's some that come in ministry and they do a short stint or, you know, a few year stint, but your pastors are ones who have been very faithful and I've um, been able to see that over many, many years, just very diligent through, and I know there's been highs and lows, but um, have kept their hearts right and kept them sweet before God, but also with people. And so will you help me honour your pastors this morning because you are so blessed here. I hope you know it. Never... Never get familiar with what God has given you and what he has blessed you with. And I know you're in this interim season as a church in terms of even being in this space, but don't get familiar with what God is doing. He's preparing you. There's always like a bit of an um, in-between season. There's a letting go of what was, and there's always a little bit of a gap before we're kind of into the next, okay? And so don't like diminish these days and what God wants to do in you, even while you're between buildings, between um, where you were and the vision that God has for you, there's beautiful things happening amongst you and so lean into that okay and watch your language and just be very thankful for what you have like I said let's be thankful that we're in close proximity this morning what a gift how good but it's nice to be here with you today I want to um, just show you my family because I know it's nice to get a bit of a visual a picture of who we are so this is my husband Byron he's South African and um, I'm Kiwi girl um, people assume sometimes that I'm South African because he is and this is our daughter Taylor she is four, uh, 13 almost 14 years old and our son Roman who is 10 and they are growing up as you can see my daughter's catching me so that won't be too far off but um, they're here this week and I have family in Hamilton my parents and also a younger sister so they're all hanging out with their cousins and having a great time but I have been with the young adults this weekend and um, Byron and I and You've got a great bunch of young people and there's just so many beautiful people amongst them and I felt really privileged to be there and um, the cool thing about a camp or a conference or extended time together is that you can really get all the way there like sometimes in a meeting you can come some other way but when you're with each other time and time again and just creating space for God to move he really does um, turn up and he did and it was really special and um, uh, Monique the young adults um, pastor you might know her she's your young adults pastor but <laughs> so you probably do know her um, she really came into the weekend just feeling um, the theme of tapu or sacred and just as a generation coming back to a place of 
awe and reverence of God, which I thought was like, yes, like I'm there for that. And um, we could just see just in the posture across the weekend. And it was many times that we're just on our knees, all of us, like just before God or just allowing God to minister into that space. And it was a beautiful thing. And finishing last night, it was just a whole, like I think everyone moved from their seat to respond, to say yes to God in terms of his call, his purpose for them. And so those are beautiful moments that we should never take for granted. But apparently they're all back in the room tonight and we're going to have a fun time together. Very cool. Well, let's get into the word. So I was buzzing first service, um, sitting there knowing what God has put on my heart to preach. And then um, very, oh, actually, I want to just welcome in those from Tuaco that I um, have heard that are live streaming in this morning. So nice to have you joining us today. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm sitting in the 9 a.m. service about to get up to preach. And then Pastor Sheridan um, starts to talk, well, I see verse on the video, um, the, the fast that you're about to go into for three days starting tomorrow. And I'm like, whoa, how good is God? Um, in terms of what I'm going to share this morning, I think it's going to set you up well for the next three days in terms of um, what, yeah, what God wants for you, what he, how he wants you to lean into the fast. I believe for some of you, you have not considered fasting. You've heard it and you're like, okay, that's for the, the passionate few. But by the end of the sermon, I believe you're all going to be wanting to fast over the next couple of days because this is something that we do collectively. We're all the church. It's not just our pastors or our leaders who are the church who are leading the way, but it's all of us together. There's power in that. Now, um, I'm from Wellington, as you just heard, and um, we're pastoring equipers there. And we've been there for five and a half years now. But prior to that, we were in Auckland. And um, when I first moved to Wellington, or just before, when we kind of said, yes, we'll respond, we'll, we'll go. Um, I remember really leaning into God in that season for a word, because I didn't want to just turn up in this new city without understanding what's God's heart for the place. And so I remember praying and just really asking him, and he gave me a, a passage of scripture from Jeremiah 31 that I just began to declare and just speak out over Wellington and over the church that we were going into. And I've picked it up over various times in the last few years. But what I realized about a month ago, I was like, oh man, am I still praying with the same passion that I did way back then when God first called us to Wellington? Do I still have the same intensity today? And do I still have the same care and responsibility that I carried back then, even spiritually, for the city is what I do today? Because there's something about being in a place for a while where you settle in, and that's a good thing, and you get comfortable, and you find your groove, you know your kids' school, you know all the different things, you get to know your church family, and you can get quite comfortable in a place. It's the same in our work and in our careers and in our jobs. Oftentimes when we begin them, there's a real dependency on God because it's challenging. Or like I said, transitions are tricky. And so we transition into something new. And so we're so dependent on Him. But the longer we're in a place or the longer we're in a thing, it can be hard to look at it with fresh eyes. But I want you this morning to have an expectation built in your heart and to look at Hamilton and, and Tuaco as well. I've got to remember them. Um, <laughs> but look at the place that God has put you with fresh eyes. And I want you to look for fresh opportunities. I want you to see with spiritual eyes across the city and see the need and to see the gaps and to see what it is that God's stirring in your heart for this city. And so the title of my message today is this is your city okay this is not just um your pastor's city this is not activate city this is your city okay I want you to pick up a responsibility this morning for your city and um I, I personally do believe that there's a geographical aspect to the call of God 
on our lives. And you see it right throughout the Bible when God moved people. And it was always related to a place that he wanted them for the, in terms of the purposes of God upon their life. And I believe that you're not here in Hamilton by accident. I don't know how long you've lived here. Maybe you've grown up here and you've been here all your days. Maybe you've moved in in recent years or, or you've come from overseas to this place. For every single one of you, you are here on purpose. This is not an accident that you are here living in Hamilton or a surrounding area in this season. You are here on purpose. And I want you to pick up that responsibility this morning, knowing you are here on purpose. So we're going to read firstly. From Acts 17, 26 to 27, and it says this, and it'll come on the screen behind me. But it says, from one, one man, he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them, and hear this. So not just a time set for them, that would just be alive in this generation. But it says, and the exact places where they should live. So the exact place, the exact city, even the exact street, the exact neighborhood where you would live, God has already planned that before time. And I wonder if we realize that, if we realize the weight of where God has put us. Sometimes we feel like we've just happened to be here. Or maybe our partner made a decision of what city we'd end up in and so, oh, we're here. Or I studied here and I just happened to stay on and get work and I just happened to be here. But no, I want to tell you today that you are here on purpose. God has you in Hamilton in this season on purpose. Um, Jeremiah 29 verse 7 says this, Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will have welfare. And so I want to tell you this morning, if you pray for your city, if you pray for your city's welfare, you will also have welfare. And then the amplified version, I love this. It says this, for in its peace or well-being, you will have peace. So as we pray for the city that God has placed us in, if we pray for our neighborhood and the businesses that are in the surrounding area where we live, as we pray for their welfare, for their peace, for their well-being, we will also have peace and welfare and well-being. You know, oftentimes we're praying for, for ourselves and the things that are close to us, and that's important. We've got to cover our families in prayer. We've got to cover our homes in prayer. But I'm encouraging you this morning, even as you fast over the next three days, zoom out a little bit more, and I want you to take responsibility for your city. I want you to pray and cover your city in prayer. Ask God to show you and reveal some things to you that you haven't seen for a wee while. Or maybe there's some frustrations you have right now and you're kind of just like talking about those frustrations, but you haven't picked up a spiritual responsibility. Maybe God's revealed that to you because he wants you to point that into prayer because he wants you to battle on behalf of your city or maybe even the young people in your city. Is there a need? Is there needs amongst your young people? I don't live in your city and I know that there's needs amongst your young people in this city. Are you covering them in prayer? What is it that burdens you when you listen to the news, when you read, is the paper still a thing? I think the newspaper's still a thing. When you read the newspaper, what burdens you? What, what grabs your heart and it frustrates you? Turn that into a holy discontent. Turn that into prayer and direct it towards God and pick up a responsibility to fill that gap. Amen? Well, what I love about... Um, God, and, and I won't go into detail this morning, but there's a book that I read um, by Tim Keller, and it's actually called Why God Made Cities, and it talks about God's heart for cities, and we won't go into that this morning, but as I began to pray along those lines, I just, I did realize 
God's great heart for cities and where he's called us to, that he really deeply cares for the people in this place. And um, you can see an example of this in Nineveh. And you all know the story of um, Jonah, and he was called to go, and he was disobedient, and he ended up in the whale, and blah, blah, blah. And then, then a whole city was saved. The whole city of Nineveh came to a place of salvation. And then after that point, Jonah leaves the city, and he's outside the city, and you'd think he'd be praising God. Like, God, how good this whole city gave their heart to Jesus. Yet he's found there cursing the city. And honestly, I don't know what was going on in his heart. Sometimes I wish the Bible expanded a little bit more because surely there's more context. But And there is. But um, he was in this place. And honestly, all the animals had also got saved. And I was saying at the 9 a.m., like, if I was here testifying to the fact in Wellington we're seeing a whole city saved and the animals I think you'd think I'm a bit bonkers but um but this is literally what had happened like it was hard to fathom yet he's outside the city not giving God praise but he's cursing the city and I wonder how often we're we're cursing the city and we're missing what God is doing amongst us sometimes even in the church in the body of Christ like we can name all the things that we want to see changed or that we think should change or our frustration Yet we're not acknowledging all the beautiful things and the good things that God is doing. And I want to tell you, this church is making a difference in this city. I know this. You've got a significant influence in this city as the body of Christ, but also all the other things that you are doing in the community. You have a significant reach into the city. And God, that's that's all of your responsibility together, is you're doing this together. So you have a responsibility to stand in the gap on behalf of your city. Um. At times you see, um, I want to read from actually Jonah 4.11, and this shows you God's heart for, um, for Nineveh as an example of a city that God deeply cared for. And it says this, should I not have great concern, or should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people in darkness? And so God's like, should I not have great um, have concern for this city? And it says in a couple of other versions, um, sometimes it uses that God had pity or God had pity on the city of Nineveh or he felt sorry for them. But in the Hebrew, if you actually look at it, it means um, to weep. So it says that God actually had great concern, he had great compassion, but he wept over the city of Nineveh because he cared for those people. And I wonder, I wonder if we, we weep enough or if we carry the weight of God's heart enough for the people of where we're called to. Maybe that's in your workplace. Maybe you're frustrated right now and you don't love the culture of your workplace. But is it sending you home in a place of like deep compassion and concern or even a place of where you come to a point of weeping and having God's heart for those people? And God wants you to pick this up today. Sometimes we, we point our frustration one way, but God wants us to direct it to him and direct it into prayer. Um. I really believe that God anticipated the development of Hamilton. I believe he set a place for it. And he knew that you were going to live in this generation at this time. He knew that you would be in your workplace. He actually positioned you in your street. Nothing is by accident in God. It's how beautiful to pull ourselves out and to think, okay, God, how good that you have been so purposeful and so intentional. Nothing is a mistake. God, what is it that I'm missing then? What is it that I've, I've, I've failed to see? Or maybe there was something that you saw in the early days of where God has placed you in whatever realm. Yet now you've kind of, you've just got through the motions, going through the motions of it. But God wants you to see again. And over these next three days as you fast, because you're all going to be fasting um, after this word, how can you not? Um, but as you pray and as you fast for your city that you're going to see, God's going to reveal some things to you. Amen.
So this city, Hamilton, and I'm not sure of the um, population of Tuaco, I'm sorry, um, but I did look it up for Hamilton. It is 184,905 people-ish who currently live in Hamilton. All of those people are made in the image of God. All of the people that live in this place are cared for and have God's heart. That he right now would be looking upon this place and have compassion for these people. How can we not? How can we not care like he cares? How can we not ask him for his heart for the place that we're in? So this is God's place. Yet we also know, so this is our city. This is your city. This is God's place. But we also know that there's an invader, that there's the enemy at play. And he's operating in your territory. This is the territory that God has given to you. Yet there's an enemy at play. There's an enemy out there who is trying to take out a generation and cause them to not understand who they are, first and foremost, and just in who God's created them to be. But they also don't know their Savior yet. And they're turning to all sorts of other things. And it's a, it's a pandemic. You talk about COVID being a pandemic. Like there's worse pandemics out there right now. There's worse things that are taking people out, that are taking lives of our young people. And we need to be covering our city. We need to be covering our schools and our high schools with prayer. We need to not just leave it in the hands of the young people, but we need to pick up that responsibility. If you hear a need and you hear of something in your community, then pick up that. God's revealing that to you for a reason. Pray into that and just believe that God has shown you and revealed it. So until we understand biblical warfare, we'll be frustrated, we'll be confused, but we'll also be ineffective in our ministry in our city or ineffective in our ministry in our workplaces because it is a ministry in your workplace. It's a ministry in your home. It's a ministry to your neighborhood, but we'll be ineffective unless we realize that there's a spiritual warfare at play. So I want to talk for a moment. I've been reading um, in recent times about um, the rebuilding of the wall in Nehemiah. And I want to share from that a little bit this morning. And this is the wall that was around Jerusalem. And in the ancient world, um, cities were surrounded by walls. So there was always a wall around it as a means of protection from armies and from enemies. And at night, the gates would shut in these walls and the occupants of the city would be secure. But in the book of Nehemiah, after about 70 years of exile, a small group of Jews, they return to Jerusalem. They come back and they come back to rebuild the city for the glory of God. And the city was in ruins, and the walls were in ruins, and there were gaps all the way through the walls. And Jerusalem had been through a really difficult time. And the population of the city had decreased, and there were huge gaps left in the wall. And this left the city of God open to assaults from the evil one. So it was easy for the enemy to choose it as a target. And so the walls needed to be repaired, to be restored, and to be rebuilt. And miraculously, with a whole lot of laborers and labor, that within 52 days, the whole wall was rebuilt and restored so that the city could be safe again. And I think when we're praying and taking responsibility for our city, we're actually filling the huge gaps in the wall. And it's like the situation in Nehemiah. And often there are natural things that we're doing as a church or as believers, but there's also, with the natural things that we're doing, there's a spiritual impact that's being made. Even the fact that you turn up to work tomorrow morning as a believer, that is, um, that is a spiritual like um, stand that you are making in your workplace. 
you know, I think we've got to understand what it is that we carry and the authority that we have, and we need to pick up our confidence in it and realize that we are change makers in these places. Why just accept what is at play and the culture that's at play, but let's be, bring a shift to it. And sometimes we think the last resort is prayer. When all else has failed, when I've been a really nice human in my workplace, or when I've been really encouraging and I've spoken some words of life, and then that's not working, okay, we'll pray then. But prayer is not the last resort. Prayer is everything. We cannot do anything as the people of God without firstly praying and picking up prayer. So as you continue to um, read through Nehemiah and you get to chapter three, and it's one of those chapters that you'll skim over because you'll see all these names listed of all the people that were helping on the wall. So you're like, okay, skip over that. But actually, if you drop into it a little bit more, you see that, um, that some of them were goldsmiths, some were temple servants, some were merchants, some were perfumers. Can you imagine? Anyway, um, some repaired gates, others repaired doors, others worked on the locks. So there were locksmiths amongst them. Uh, others did the brick and the mortar work, but they all had their part to play. They all had their different gifts and their different strengths. Imagine if we did a list today of all the different occupations or pe- things people are studying or the mums and, and what they're put, putting their hand to at the moment. If we did a list of all the things, imagine. And imagine if we then like dotted where everyone lived and activate church across your city, and then where everyone worked, where everyone studied, where everyone went to school. Imagine the spread, imagine the reach, that it's every single one of us together having a responsibility for the city. What a beautiful thing, what a beautiful picture. So each individual took responsibility for where he labored. So we don't all have to do all of it. Like, thank God. We just have to pick our part and we just have to do our part. We pick our part of the wall and we do our part there. And then all of that together collectively is a beautiful thing. And in many cases, it was um, they actually just did the part of the wall where they lived. So where they live within the city walls, they picked that part of the wall and that's where they repaired. But in less than two months, this massive wall was um, restored and then the city was repopulated and there was health back into that city. So what I love as I read Nehemiah 3, all those different occupations and people listed, is if you slow down a little bit, you actually see and you read at different points, it says this person was next to this person, and this person was beside this person on the wall. And like, what a cool picture of the church. Like, that's the church at its best, is yes, we gather on a Sunday and we rally and we we worship our God and we acknowledge again, like we turn our drifted and weary hearts back to him and we come to him as the people of God. But then we go out of this place and we spread across this city and we all have our piece of the world where we're making a difference. And I want to tell you today that you are making a difference. I just really sense even in this moment as I said that, that there's some of you in this place, you're seeing your part as such a small thing and you look upon at others and you look upon at the gap that they're filling in the wall and you kind of crave that or you desire that. Yet God doesn't want you to diminish where you are. I even just get the sense in the moment there's someone that's retired right now and you're, you're seeing your part as a small part in terms of what you've done in the past but God's saying don't diminish where you're at and the opportunities you have in front of you. God wants you to look at again with fresh eyes at the opportunities that are in front of you to see what could be possible and every single one of us need to do that I believe God is giving us fresh eyes to see this morning to look upon our neighborhood look upon our streets and just to see again with his heart what he sees amen so they stood in in Nehemiah they stood in the gap to fix the gaps for the glory of God And there were breaches in the wall that needed to be sealed. And as each did their part, the people of God were protected. 
And as each did their part, the work of restoration took place. And the project was not without its problems. It had its enemies and it had its obstacles. It had its cynics. But the community of God worked together for the good of their community and ultimately for the glory of God. That is what Activate is doing. No matter the obstacle, you are pushing through and you're doing it for the glory of God. And I just see the pleasure of God is upon you. He is with you and he's, it's the plans that you have are not your plans. They are God's plans. So therefore he started it and he will finish what he started. Amen. The enemy doesn't want the people of God taking responsibility for the city. And he does all he can, all at his disposal to discourage, to derail, and to destroy um, the work of God and, and his plans for us. And right now there are people in the room, you're, you're disappointed and you started out with a real heart, even in your career. The reason that you chose that was because you had the right heart motivation and you knew that was where God had called you to. Yet the culture of the place or just circumstances have, have really caused you to, to feel derailed and to feel disappointed. But God's saying, I want you to look with fresh eyes again. You know, he, God looks upon the span of our life. He doesn't just look at our days and our weeks. He looks across it all. And God weaves everything together, even the tough seasons, even the t- seasons that don't make sense, even when we're up against it. God uses all of that for his good and for his purposes. So God wants you to see it again. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of things before we finish that are really practical that you can do this week as you fast, okay, the next three days. So how do we take responsibility for our city? Number one, this is important, okay, is praise and worship. We have to firstly praise and worship. This is why we start our services with praise and worship because we go across our week and we get kind of worn down a little bit. The world has a way of kind of just doing that and then we come into the presence of God and God, the worship and the praise and looking upon the goodness of God causes our weary and drifting hearts to look back on Him and to remember again and get His perspective and to look at how big and great He is. And then we go from this place and we go and make a difference in our city. And so praise and worship is important. Um, I shared um, earlier in the other service that in, back in Wellington that we've got a real heart to plant a church in an area called Wainui Omara and it doesn't have a great reputation and it hasn't churches haven't thrived in that season and it's actually a valley um, you head over a hill and you go down into a valley and you actually feel it as soon as you hit that place and it's pretty foggy most of the time but we've just felt as a church to go into that place and before we do anything else just to praise and to worship and just to worship over that valley and to not see that as a small thing there's a, as, and as a result there's been about 30 people who have given their um, hearts to Jesus which is so good but honestly like the um, that's a win that's a win in the kingdom of God and we'll always celebrate that but it's also a win to go and just to declare the goodness of God in that place and I want to encourage you this week as you pray and fast like blast you've got awesome music blast the activate praise and worship and just speak it out over your home over your household over your neighborhood like like literally like turn it up and like just praise your God and over every situation, everything that God reveals to your heart, begin to praise and to worship him. You know, I, I want to ask you today along these lines, like what is your attitude towards Hamilton and towards Tuaco and towards wherever you live right now? What is your attitude towards it? What is the words that come off your mouth when you, when you describe your city, when you talk about the place that you live in? Maybe even the neighborhood, the suburb you're in right now. Some of you are resisting the fact that you are there, yet God has put you there. What are the words that are coming off your mouth today? You know, we can complain about the crime or the traffic or all the other annoyances, the big things, the small things. We can complain about those. But if we do that, 
it'll stifle the revelation that God wants to bring. And it's as we praise, as we worship, as we thank God and we have gratitude for the place that he has called us to, that's when an initiative comes from. That's where revelation comes. That's where the spirit of God loves to function. I believe God loves a grateful heart and he's attracted there with his gratitude. Where you're grateful for your church, where you're grateful for Activate Church and what God is doing in this city. As you thank God for your church, then honestly, like God's heart is there. I honestly believe it when we have a grateful heart. So I want to encourage encourage you to be thankful for your city. Don't just endure the environments that you're in. Don't just endure your workplace, but ask God today. Like, I want to turn up tomorrow morning, God, with the ability to see with fresh eyes. If we could get our keyboardist to come, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, very good. Okay, so you're going to praise and you're going to worship this week because one of the names of the enemy is actually the accuser. And we do not want to partner with him, trust me, okay? We don't want to partner with him in terms of being an accuser against our city. We've got to realize that God has called us to this place. This is our city, your city. I keep saying this is our city. I'm claiming it with you. Um, (laughs) This is your city. This is your city. God has placed you here. And so pick up that responsibility today. Um, Number two is I want you to identify with the sin of the city. And first off, that can be like, what? What does she mean by that? But I want you to identify the sin of the city. You know, when Nehemiah, when he prayed for the restoration of Jerusalem, he did not pray for the city as if he was not a part of it. He didn't pray like, oh, these awful people, or everything that's going on and pray for them. It actually says this in Nehemiah 1 verse 6. He said, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. And when I read that, I was like, wow. You know, how often do we come like, even like as Christians sometimes, that we can see ourselves, like honestly, we can see ourselves as superior to to other people or situations that are going on in our community. But God wants us to identify with the sin of the city. And he also wants us to feel his compassion for what it is that's going on. But also to have a humility to be like, I've contributed (laughs) and um, I'm not perfect and I've got my own battles. And so God, we bring it all before you. And God, we ask you for a help as a city. We ask you, God, that you would restore the city. You know, otherwise as Christians, if we're not careful, we can look on with a lot of judgment and we can make a lot of judgment calls that again, I think stifles the revelation that God wants to bring and the initiative that he wants to flow from us if we stay in a place of judgment towards people in our city. So I encourage you today to grab God's heart and I feel the presence of God on that one, to feel God's heart for your city. Run from any thinking that would have you believing that you are superior to any person. It is only by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Spirit that you and I stand free today. And every single person in your community, that's what they need is the power of Jesus Christ, just as you have needed it. Every single one of us, let us never forget the fact that we need him. Amen. Okay, number three, again, next three days while you're praying and fasting. um, Number three is to intercede for our city, for your city. You're gonna intercede for your city. When you truly love somebody, you don't just casually mention them before God, but you plead on their behalf before God. That's the kind of intercessory um, intercessory prayer that God is calling you to for your city, even this week, is He wants you to stand in the gap. That's what intercession means, to stand in the gap on behalf of another. They can't do it. There's people in your community right now, there's young people in high schools who don't know what they need, but you do. You know that they need Jesus Christ, and you know that's the only power that's going to break through on 
on their behalf. So you stand in the gap on their behalf and you plead before God. You get on your knees and you feel the heart of God towards the needs in our high schools and you pray and you plead and you ask God to come through on their behalf. That is intercession. And that's not for a few. That's not just for a couple of prayer warriors in the church that meet once a week. That's for every single one of us because this is our city. This is your city. You have a responsibility to it. So therefore, we're not just letting the leaders um, fast and pray this week, but we are all doing this collectively because we're all dotted across the city. We're all in different workplaces, different schools, and imagine if we're all doing that. And then you come together in the middle of the day and you pray together and then you go back out and you're doing this in your different places. Imagine, imagine what God would do. Imagine what God wants to break through in this place. Amen. So you're going to intercede this week. You're going to stand in the gap. Um, This phrase comes from Ezekiel, or it's used in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and to stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I'd not have to destroy it, but I found none. And you know my prayer for back home, we're based in Nauranga in Wellington. It's a um, kind of central point for where Porirua and Hutt City and Wellington is. And my prayer is that God wouldn't be looking and roaming and looking to find ones willing to stand in the gap and not even be able to find the people of God or the church willing to stand in the gap. Like, what a sad day. And I know this is not this church. I know you're standing in the gap on behalf of your city, but God's calling you to another level of it this morning, to pick up another another level of responsibility to where you've been in something for a while and you've become familiar with it. God is stirring your heart this morning. Um, you know, some of you, you, you have lived here your whole life and God's putting a, a burning desire in your heart again this morning. Like, let's not waste these days. If God has positioned you here, like, let's be here on purpose. Yes. In Jeremiah 29, 7, this verse again, seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf, intercede on its behalf for its welfare, for its peace, for its well-being. And then you will also find the same. You know, God did not tell the... Um, there's a context of this verse is the Israelites that had been um, conquered by the wicked, terrible city of Babylon. And God, he wasn't saying to them, hate the Babylonians, resist them, stay away from them, get as far away from them as you can. But actually, if you look at that full passage in Jeremiah where it says, seek the welfare of the city, if you look at it, it actually says, go build houses, go settle in. Like, don't hate the Babylonians. Don't resist them, but actually go build houses amongst them. Settle in, build a family, identify with the city, weave your lives in with the city, seek the welfare of it, pray for it. I'll use you there and I'll bless your city. And that's what God's saying to us this morning. Weave your lives in with the city. Don't be at a distance from it, but get involved in it. And that leads me to the last point, which is number four, is take responsibility for your section of the wall. What does this look like for you today? If you were to take responsibility at another level, just pick one part, one part of your life right now that you're involved in. It could be an obvious one like your career, your workplace. It could be less obvious, but just a piece. I want you to pick a piece this morning and take responsibility for your section of the wall. Here's some practical ways that you can do it. It could be turning up to work this week, an hour early, getting out of bed on these cold mornings. I know it's a challenge, but getting up and 
to your office or wherever your workplace is and praying for an hour before everyone else turns up. Like imagine the shift that that could do, make in your workplace. Sometimes we diminish these things. Maybe every work email you send, as you send it, you pray for the business that's going to be receiving it or the agency or the person on the receiving end, whether you know them or not. Like let's not see these things as small things. Every single interaction doesn't have to be a natural one. It can be supernatural. God could move in that moment as we're sending it. We may not know the name or like the, have met the person or the face of the person on the other end of that email, but imagine if we took a moment, even just 30 seconds just to pray and to believe that God would um, turn up on behalf of that person. What about as a mum joining a play group near you? And, um, or maybe you're already in some groups, but you're just turning up there for the sake of your kid and what you know they need. But what if you turned up there to hear the needs of the other mums and to have that stir your heart and ask God, like, what is it that I need to do? Do I need to create a space for these mums? Is it just one-on-one with one mum offering encouragement? But if we went into the spaces that we go into and we ask God for his heart for that place... What about if this week, whenever you walk, if you walk, um, I don't walk, so, <laughs> but what about if you, every time you walk a street or you drive through a street, if you prayed for that industrial area or you prayed for the houses in that neighborhood and you allow God to speak to you in that moment, what if you opened your eyes to be more spiritually aware and even naturally aware of what's going on? If you ask God to show his heart for your city, Maybe it requires reading and researching, Googling about Hamilton. You probably know the needs, but you know, sometimes it helps to understand a little bit more about what's going on in your city and the growth that's possible here. What if you were to pray for your church to be a light in this city and you continue to cover your church in prayer? What if you were to love your families at another level and to love your neighbors? What would that look like this week if you took responsibility for that section of the world? What about if you were to, like a practical thing, pick up rubbish? in your neighborhood and not see that as a natural thing, but to see that as that's me doing a a tangible thing to take responsibility for my city, that I deeply care for this place. So God, in the natural ways and in the spiritual ways, I'm going to take responsibility. You didn't expect that one coming, did you? (laughs) And then lastly, just not aligning yourself with the accuser, being very mindful of the words coming out of your mouth. Begin to speak words of blessing over Hamilton. What are the things that are beautiful about this city? What are the things that are beautiful about the people in this city? And I believe that's going to change something in your heart. God's going to bring fresh revelation. Amen. Very cool. I want everyone to stand to your feet in this moment. You've been very patient with me as I've shared this morning, but I don't think you can share a word like this and then leave without some form of response of, yes, God, yes, I pick up that responsibility. And so right now, I just encourage everyone across this room just to close your eyes and don't consider the person around you or and um, maybe uh, if you're a couple maybe you want to take the the hand of of your partner and and just again just in this moment I just believe God is commissioning you again for purpose and mission in this city I know my lane is in church as a pastor but and I also understand that for the majority of a church your your lane your ministry is out in your community it's in your family and you come into the church to be encouraged to be built up and then you go back out and right now God is commissioning you again for everything that is in front of you I just see some of you it's kind of been like a loose grip on the task at hand 
And I just see God coming and he's just strengthening your grip on what it is that he has put in your hand. That you're going to leave this place today fortified with strength in you. Like I just kind of see even just in this moment, God just strengthening even the backbone of some of you. Like just kind of causing you to lift your head again and to see and to have confidence again for what it is where God has placed you and what it is that he's put in front of you. I just sense in this moment some of you are super frustrated with where you are. And this message today has almost been frustrating because you're like, I don't want to be where I am. But God's confirming today that for this moment and for this time, you're where you're meant to be. And so right now, God, I just speak and I just pray for revelation to come. God, for a fresh fire and compassion and your heart for where it is that we are. God, I just see even just workplaces across Hamilton, Lord, right now. God, where we're all positioned and where we're placed, Lord, I just see God, I just see your care for that place. God, like, just stir our hearts, Lord, to, to look upon the people that we work with, with a greater compassion. Lord, the, the areas where there's frustration relationally right now, God, I just pray for extra grace, <laughs> where there's extra grace required with those relationships and where we feel like we've done all we can. And God, we don't feel like we can carry your heart and your compassion and your care any longer in that space. God, I just pray right now, Lord, we receive, Lord, your compassion and your care. God, we thank you, Lord, that each and every one of the people that we're involved in with across our week, God, that they are made in your image. Lord, they are your people. So God, we thank you, Lord, for your love for them. And you pray, God, that you'll help us to love them in a greater way. You know, for some in this room today, in, in the home front, that's the, your biggest challenge. And right through the, out the service, that's been on your mind. If that's you this morning and there's relational conflict on the home front or even challenges with children, I want you to be bold in this moment and to lift your hand because I'd love to be able to pray for you. So if that's you this morning, if there's a challenge, yes, there's different ones responding. Amen. Very cool. Okay, well, thank you, God, Lord, for speaking. God, we pray for these ones right now, God, where there's conflict in their home. And God, there's challenges there, and there have been for a while. God, we just speak your grace, Lord, upon their homes. Lord, we just pray your blood protection over these families, these households. God, over the young, over the old. God, every single one of them. God, we just see like a canopy of protection, Lord, over their home. Right now, we just see your presence filling that space. God, for ones that aren't in the room this morning, you'll come currently following you, but they're sitting at home right now. God, we just pray for your presence to come in this moment, for you to saturate their life. God, that they would be surrounded by you, even if they're not aware of it. God, that that you would be there, that you would be present in that space. God, I just dedicate bedrooms to you. Lord, where there's been things that have been happening that have been not of you, and it's been a work of the enemy. God, I just see right now those places dedicated back to you. Lord, homes that are a place of um, safety and protected by your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for that in Jesus name thank you Lord and the last thing I want to pray for if you want to pick up a responsibility for your city and you felt something burning in your heart this morning I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray a final prayer over us before we go this morning thank you God Lord we thank you for these ones this morning God that are choosing afresh to pick up a responsibility for this great city of Hamilton God you care for this city God you have placed us here on purpose so God we thank you for what you've stirred up in us today we thank you God that we're not going to point out um, the things that we see into great 
grumbling or complaining, but God, we're going to point it into prayer and we're going to bring it to you, God. And we're going to believe that in that place that breakthroughs are going to happen. Lord, that things are going to shift and change across this city. God, I thank you for Activate Church. Lord, I thank you that this is a great church and a great city having a great influence. God, we pray for your hand upon it. Lord, we thank you, Lord, where there's barriers right now for those to be broken down. God, for things to, where there's been obstacles, God, for them just to fall flat, even this week. God, that they'll come to nothing. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're protecting this church, you're protecting this family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what are we going to do this week? We are going to pray and pick up the responsibility for this city. Amen.